Well, hello, guys. Welcome to the Elsa Kurt Show. You guessed it. I'm Elsa Kurt, and today I have a fantastic guest. I have spoke to him before. I am so lucky, not as lucky as you are, that you get to listen to him. He's Joe Mobley, and he's coming up right after this. Joe Mobley, I have to toot your horn for you for a moment. You are the host of the Joe Mobley Show. You are pretty darn incredible. You have like you had this whole huge list of things that you do and accomplishments. And one of them that we're going to be talking about today is Project 21. So I want to talk about every single thing. So if I talk really fast, oh, you know man. why. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, yes. thank you. Funnily enough, uh, the top line on my LinkedIn for the longest, it said expert in my own opinion and some other stuff too. So that's how I build myself. I love it. I love it. I love it. Listen, I say I'm, I'm famous in my own mind all the time. So kind of similar, right? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? You're famous. Are you kidding? I come home, like I produce my own content. I do my own stuff. My wife, my friends, people in my circles are like, have you seen Elsa Kurtz this video? That video? They're like sending me stuff. I'm like, yes, of course. That's I've so seen exciting. It. It's hilarious. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah. I, you know, I think we all live in this little isolation bubble that we're so unaware of, you know, other people's perceptions and what they're actually seeing of ours. And, and, you know, I, I know that I just brought up both garbage barrels today and that is not something a famous person should have to do. (laughs) (laughs) But enough about me. I want to talk about you. Um, So, so you're, you are pretty incredible. First thing I want to say to you, which I don't think I said to you the last time, uh, which is thank you for your service. You are a former, never former, right? You are an army veteran. And yes, uh, so, yeah, thank you very much yes, for your service, ma'am. really. Well, it, it was my and my family's pleasure. And you are a law enforcement spouse. And I, I know what that's like. Actually, no, I don't. My wife knows what that's like. So thank you <laughs> for your and your family's yes. service as well. Thank you so much, so much. Yeah, it's uh, it's I consider it to be a very privileged uh, life in a lot of ways. Um, it's as you well know, there's uh, if you're part of that lifestyle, there's a, a huge amount of uh, honor and pride and uh, dignity that goes with it, and also obviously a lot of uh, frustration, uh, heartache, and challenges that come with it all. So uh, thanks to your wife, I want to extend that thank you to your wife for for being your support system. She'll probably see this because it's on your show. She doesn't watch all of my shows. <laughs> yeah, you know what? My my family, I'm pretty sure my family doesn't watch mine. I think my mom watches everything. My mom watches everything. So she's she's my number one fan. <laughs> I I like it that way because it, it's weird to me. Um, people that I know, fine. But my family, it's weird to me that they listen to my stuff. It's great, but it's weird because um, I don't know if I told you this. I am from uh, the New York City tri-state area. I'm from Long Island. It's like a closely guarded secret, except the internet knows. Uh, but I claim to be a Virginian because I was raised in Virginia. I love Virginia. I got, you know, the Virginian gang back here behind me in my in my office. Uh, but I'm really from like a big black New York family and they are intensely liberal, um, not not so much progressive, uh, but my whole family, like you're born and you get like your Democrat blue card issued to you. Um, uh, not not big on the black card. Uh, we're very 
uh, diverse family. It's funny, like interracial relationships run in my family. It's the craziest thing for like the last 80, 90 years. Uh, but it, it's weird to me. And when they listen to my show, I'm like, why do you listen? Like, does it just enrage you? What, what's going on? But we have great conversations because of it. That's great. And that is a huge challenge when you are, you know, the the one conservative or moderate in in your family. And it's uh, it's not totally different in my family. Most of my family is kind of they, they were never um, I wasn't raised in like the political mindset and we didn't talk politics as a uh, growing up or any of that stuff. So, you know, but there are there are a few that, you know, we are definitely at odds. And uh, the conversation, I love that you can actually talk to those family members about these things, because with the certain people in, in my life, it's it's a no-go. It's It never turns out well. So we just kind of skirt right around it all the time. So I love that you can have those conversations and nobody's, uh, is, you know, punching each other. <laughs> yeah. That is um, very interesting and unique to my family. It's also interesting, like a lot of the the divorced relationships, the both parties are still very much members of the family. And then the next spouse, and then sometimes the third spouse and the two exes are all <laughs> there at all the things. Um, but I want to just this, be a spectator at one of your family <laughs> gatherings. Can I just sit there quietly and <laughs> just watch? My wife's gone to more family reunions than I have because my military service always had me here or there. Um, so here she is, this little white girl going into this this big black crazy den. Um, yeah, super funny. But this this is not, guys, th these things are always live. This is not a planned transition. But that is what it'll sound like one. But what we're talking sure. about is what I loved about Project 21 when they first approached me. Um, because growing up, you're a young black man, you're from New York City area. You've got to think, act, feel, believe X, Y, and Z. Um, I moved to Virginia. I don't know what political ideologies are. I don't know. I know who the president of the United States is. I don't know what their political party is. You could have shown me a donkey or an elephant or whatever. And I would have been like, I don't know this guy. Um, but throughout high school and especially in undergrad, I realized that I am intensely conservative. I believe in individual liberty, free markets, and I, I believe in limited government, not the size of the government, but limited capabilities. The scope of power is small. And then I come to find out, oh, I'm conservative. And this is weird because black people aren't conservative. And then I'm finding out about Thomas Sowell. I'm finding out about Larry Elder. Candace Owens wasn't even a thing yet. Um, so there's the old black faces of white supremacy. I'm learning from mm -hmm. those guys. <laughs> and, it's really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And you feel kind of lost. And then a group like the National Center for Public Policy Research comes along um, and they're wonderful leaders. Donna Jackson there with Project 21, Horace Cooper, who if you watch any news, you've seen Horace Cooper on something. Um, and they really kind of take you under their wing. I feel out of my league every time I look at the, the, fe the fellows, the participants of Project 21 Black Leadership Network. I think it's weird and incredible that I'm in their ranks because I'm I'm way down here and they are some of the giants <laughs> of the movement uh, there. But I just encourage because I know there are people that listen to your show that aren't just up and down uh, politically everything with you. I encourage those people to seek out some think tanks. Some of them 
our deeply flawed <laughs> Lincoln project towards <laughs> some of the others. Um, but check that stuff Name out. Drop. Like you, you don't have to be a monolith. There's, there's, I hate to use the word because it's been bastardized, but there is true diversity and true community out there for you. That's what else is doing. That's what I'm doing on my show. Uh, so check it out. Don't be afraid. It's okay. Yes, say, absolutely. Oh. And you know, such great points, Joe, really, because um, I think we get, you know, I talked about being in a bubble and isolation before. And, uh, you know, I think with this type of thing, you get in that mindset, too, that you're surrounded by um, one type of thought process, you know, almost like that group think mindset. And you may not be exposed to other perspectives and, and other ideas. And like you said, in your case, uh, you were in high school, I think you said, when you started kind of exploring this and and realizing, wait a minute, I don't actually think the same way that the people around me are thinking. I have some different views and you explored that. And, um, you know, and if you don't have that opportunity, if you don't make yourself have that opportunity to explore other perspectives and understand them. Um, you do yourself a disservice, really. And so I, I love that you did that. And, and I had to do it as well. Um, in regards to uh, being in a law enforcement family, I had no, no experience, no background, no one in my family, never dated anyone that was in law enforcement. And, you know, so it was such a foreign world to me and that I had to immerse myself in and learn about and and good bad and ugly you know all of the things and not just the things i wanted to hear and i think that's part of the problem uh in our society right now you know people are just talking at each other and existing in in these echo chambers where they'll only watch and listen to things that um that they agree with that you know further their their own ideas and uh, it's hard to it's hard to get out of that. I think I have to force myself to watch, you know, some of the the liberal mainstream stuff. And every time I have to <laughs> you watch it, too. Do you have to you have to. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have to. It, it's a it's a labor of love, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about Project 21, like the, the background, the history of it, what you guys do, and of course, how you actually came to get involved with Project 21. Sure. Wow. Well, the major thing is we are... Uh, you, you don't have to be black to be involved with the group, but it is called Project 21 Black Leadership Network. So primarily it is just that it's a it's a network of black leaders um, in different disciplines and different communities all throughout the country. Um, not quite in every state, but all throughout the country, every every group is represented. Um, and we basically advocate for public policy change. Um, and there's a huge area, you say public policy, it's a huge area, uh, but we actually put out a document that we call, cleverly enough, the blueprint for a better deal for black America. Now, some people are put off by that immediately. They won't say it because you'll be branded a racist and kind of ostracized here in the States. Um, but it's not just a better deal for black America. It is a rising tides, you know, lift all boats type of thing. Um, so what's good for the Hispanic community, the black community, what's good for the Jewish community is actually good for everyone. Um, and we break those down into 
what we feel are the most relevant uh, points, the most relevant policy areas, and there are eight of them. Uh, so definitely go to nationalcenter.org slash project dash 21. If you just do project 21, it won't get you there. It's project dash 21. Um, and that'll take you to where you can get the the blueprint. You can download it yourself. You can read through it. But we talk about things like CRT and how that policy manifests, education reform, uh, taxes and spending, energy and regulation. Uh, what I think also that you and your husband would love is there's a robust section on criminal justice reform, not this bullcrap bail reform where prosecutors don't prosecute for crimes, which has wreaked havoc in major cities across the country. Um, not this nonsense of letting people get, you know, uh, 10 year sentences, two months served and they get out and they have some kind of weird probation nonsense, none of the catch and release stuff, but real salient criminal justice reform that actually makes sense. Um, and it, some of the stuff is touchy. Like you you would resonate with this. One of the things is black people, brown people, Hispanic people don't want less police. They want more police and they want more representation of their demographic in the police department. That's, that's just yes. an objective fact when you look at all of the data. Um, the only people who are saying otherwise are you know, CNN and uh, the Don Lemon. Well, well, Don Lemon doesn't show up for work anymore. Um, so I guess Anderson Cooper, uh, maybe go, yeah. whoever can be bothered <laughs> to get up there. Uh, tells yeah, us, whoever's you still know, allowed to show up for work, right? <laughs> or that they haven't laid um, off. You know, big tech's laying off, but uh, big media, legacy media, they're laying off too, folks. They're they're laying off their high dollar employees, which is yes, they are. They're tired yeah. of paying them, right? And worried about. Uh, fallout of the things that they say. Rightly so. They say some uh, pretty pretty crazy stuff out there. But, you know, you, yeah. you made such a good point about uh, true reform and the mainstream medias and activist uh, version of that, which, of course, we all know is the whole defund the police movement and all of that mm. nonsense, which is, you know, in and of itself, so absurd. Uh, just the term alone. So you want better policing so your idea is to defund them that makes perfect sense right <laughs> such logic yes. happening there and, and for anyone to go along trained. with that yeah right yeah we yes i mean it's it's just so crazy and it baffles me that we even have to discuss it in that way like that we have to point that out that it's so absurd and uh, mind-blowing really and uh you know and, and i like your point and i agree with you i've done you know my research as well and and looked at these things and it's so true you know what this movement has done is taking away protection from vulnerable people and that's inner city minorities it's anyone that is at risk of high crime and violence you are taking away their protection and the proof in that is the data is the statistics the numbers that show you where they've been defunded and you know decrease their their or at the very least decrease their their forces and the t the heightened crime violent crime that is occurring because of that you know i mean chicago is obviously you know one of the number one examples of that and and uh, of course lori lightfoot and her um you know tremendous amount of security and protection for her and you know her her city is you know, basically burning to the ground half the time. It's mind blowing. So I, I love that you brought that up because these, what you're talking about in there and at this website, and I did take a look, um, incredible website, by the way, the, the amount of information there is just 
fabulous. Um, But yeah, that's really, really interesting stuff. Yeah, the National Center, they they really do uh, their research with research. It's their bread and butter. Um, I don't know what you're talking about with Chicago, though. It seems like a wonderful vacation place. Just, you know, Portland's got summer of love. Chicago's just got the year of love, you know, with mostly peaceful uh, crime rants breaking out throughout yeah. the city. Um, but it's like a fun, it's like adult tag. You know, anyone could stick you up at any time. You don't know. Um, so it's always a big surprise. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So much I, fun. I have some of those stats because people, people always say there's someone right now, they don't even know why they watch your show, but they watch your show and they're grinding their teeth right now. Um, guys, it is true. 10 out of 10 uh, of the most violent cities in the United States right now, especially when you look at violent crimes, homicides, armed robberies, that kind of thing. Uh, they're all Democrat-led. One of them, I think it was Baton Rouge, um, one of them, the the mayor is technically a Republican, but they just switched from Democrat. So it's kind of questionable. Um, but you look at these numbers, and this is literally homicide rate increases, Milwaukee, 78% Louisville, Kentucky, Seattle, 72%, Minneapolis, 62%, and 58% in Atlanta, a little over 60% in New Orleans. Those places, murder rates were already off the charts. These are increases. Like, that's, yeah, I will never, like, I, my heart stops every time I have to go into DC for like work or, or day trip, especially if my fan, like, ah, I wish my family would stop wanting to go to the city because I'm just on edge the whole time. I'm sure your husband's the same way. Like, when can we get out of here? Yeah, it's true. You know what? I haven't, I haven't been to any of the major cities and I, I can't even tell you. It's been a long time. No interest, no interest at all. I'll tell you this quick story. Um, We had friends, family friends that we've known since my wife and I were in college. They come up from Kentucky. Um, Their family, they want to go to D.C. so bad. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. And of course, they want to go in all the federal buildings. So um, D.C. now actually does have carry permits for Virginia and Maryland residents, um, which I have one, um, but you can't carry inside those federal buildings. Um, um, And there's some other things there that I'm not going to talk about on the show. But we're there. We're, we do our thing. I think we were there for lunch and dinner. So like a whole day trip. And then we come home the next day. Um, this story actually made national news. There was a dad who mm-hmm. was wearing like tandem wearing twins. He was stabbed to death mm-hmm. in, in D.C. It was like near like re- really close to the Capitol. We mm-hmm. were there with collectively with our like 10 kids, two couples, 10 kids, whatever. 12 hours before, like we were right there where the stabbing occurred and it's totally random. And I'm like telling my wife, you see why I don't like to go to these crazy, like these increases in violence are real guys. So just yeah. make smart yeah, choices. It's very, very real. And uh, unless it furthers a particular narrative in the mainstream media, you won't hear about it. You know, unless it fits a certain very specific narrative uh, you won't hear anything about it, but absolutely, uh, things like malls, you know, it's it's crazy. I, I just, uh, yeah. you know, and I get teased about it. I don't know about you. I get teased about it. Like, you won't go to the mall. I'm like, nah, nah, I'm good. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't need to, I don't feel safe. So I don't need to put myself. I can't tell you the last time I went to a safe. movie, like in the theater. Uh, 
Yeah. That's you're just yeah. sitting ducks. I mean, I hate to, you know, <laughs> I hate to be like the 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 doomsday person here and try and scare everyone. I don't want to scare anybody. Live your life, do your things, but um you know, yes, you and I could have a whole show on uh, on two A stuff, couldn't we? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We oh, yeah. just had my <laughs> church just had a security team meeting, um, and you know this is relevant for viewers too. Everyone for the longest it was chest seals; they were sucking chest wound injuries were common, and then it was bleeding injuries. So everyone's pressure mm -hmm. pads, gauze, tourniquets—that's the thing everyone needs to learn how to use. I'm, I don't know why this is happening, you know, because this is on YouTube. Um, we don't know why this is happening, why there are several thousand percent increase in cardiac arrest or cardiac issues in people from 18 to 65. Um, but for whatever reason, that's happening. So the number one uh, emergency response thing that you can do yourself is learn how to use an AED. Most of them are super simple. You open it and it tells you what to do. Place pads here, stand back, listen for, you know, and it'll just talk you through it. Um, but know how to use an AED, um, get the key if you're going to test it first, because once you open the door on an AED, EMS is automatically, uh, EMS, EMTs are deployed. Um, ah, okay. and, you know, um, so that's just a feature. Yeah. It's either when you open the door or when you remove the device from the case, it just sends a 911 dispatch, like, because otherwise, why are you opening an AED? Um, so that's just something sure. that guys learn how to use it. Uh, still hold yes. on to your tourniquets and your pressure pads and your chest seals if you've got those skills. Uh, but AED is the thing to have right now. <laughs> yeah, so that's a very interesting and inexplicable um, shift in, <laughs> you know, emergency care needs. I can't imagine why, um, why yeah. that would be a thing. I, I agree with you. It's so bizarre. But uh, but it's a reality. That is a reality. And uh, <laughs> surely, if they knew why it was happening, also they'd tell us, right? Of course they would. They wouldn't keep yeah. that from us. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> I love talking with you. <laughs> I really do. Oh, so listen. We would be very remiss to not address and acknowledge that this is Black History Month. And I have to be honest oh, yeah. with you. I assumed. I assumed that this was a relatively new, this is how stupid I am, I, I will own it. I thought this was like <laughs> some liberal thing that they came up with a bunch of years ago to you know, be all like, we're so whatever. So I actually did my research like a grown up and uh, I didn't realize that this goes all the way back to like 1926. Uh, it's credited to uh, Carter Woodson and he's a black historian. So, you know, this isn't something so any, because I know, I know there's like a handful of people like me out there that did not know these things. And uh, so now, you know, first of all, so having said that, I want to, I want to ask you about a quote from Morgan Freeman years ago, many years ago on Mike Wallace. He said in an interview that he found the concept of Black History Month ridiculous because Black History Month our black history is American history. Uh, what are your thoughts on Black History Month? What are your thoughts on what Morgan Freeman said? And granted, it's an old quote, but I thought it was an interesting one because it gets like replayed a lot. Yeah, this is a super complex issue. So guys, I'm gonna be super like blunt here. And if you hear this wrong, 
maybe apply some grace, maybe give me the benefit of the doubt and assume that I am not a black white supremacist like Clayton Bixby. That's a fictional Dave Chappelle character. Um, so maybe just apply a little grace here. Maybe send me an email and have a conversation with me about it. Um, I think that holding on to things like qualifying things like racial justice over justice, like um, like black history over history um, or anything qualified fill in the blank. It actually takes away from the integrity of the whole, whatever that blank is, justice, history, love, you know, black love is a genre like on Hulu. You can watch romantic movies or you can watch black love movies. It, it actually takes away from the whole. It, it, it degrades and dilutes whatever the thing is, love, justice, history. Black history is no different. Um, so it's actually degrading to what history is. And it's also othering ourselves. As a black man, mm -hmm. I do not wish to other myself like a just like a black person in the 1840s wouldn't want to other themselves. They would have rather have been assimilated, just like a Jew in 1935 didn't want to other themselves or a Hebrew in ancient Egypt. You, why would you other yourself? Morgan Freeman, when you said Morgan Freeman, I thought you were going to say uh, he has another famous quote where he says, you want racism to go away, stop talking about it. Because it's yes. synaptic He actually processing. says it in this that same... How... Yeah. He says yeah. it in that same interview. Yes. And, and I love that. And I agree with that. Like, stop. You don't have to. We know that we appear different, but celebrate the differences. That's that's fine. I, I never agreed with the whole, you know, and it's always white people who say, you know, oh, I'm colorblind. I don't see color. No, I see color. I think color is a beautiful thing. I think our differences <laughs> yeah. are, are actually what make us beautiful. Right. Like, I don't want to dismiss the color of your skin and pretend it's not there. It's a beautiful thing. I, I like to think the color of my skin is beautiful as well in its own way or maybe not mine necessarily. We're getting a little up there in age. Oh, but that was ageism. I shouldn't have said that. I take it back. I didn't say that, but yes, I, <laughs> I ageismed myself there. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling older every day. I, I've got to say, I don't like this getting old business. Uh, no, it's really weird. Wait, wait till you get to my age. Good grief. You got, how many kids do you have? You got little ones. Four. They age you. Yeah. <laughs> We've four. got four. Well, I was just talking about someone that I went to college with that I've known for, uh, whatever it was, 17 years or something. And someone else in the group was like, how long? And then they were like, how old are you? And you just like feel all the daggers. <laughs> Don't worry yes, about how I old know, I am. Of, yeah. I, I am completely un, untrendy, non, I, I don't know any of the things. I don't understand any of the no. terms, nothing. I'm officially old. <laughs> yeah. You're so cool until you're not. And like my yes. wife and I, we tried to hold on to the cool, like a little too long because you're like, yeah. you're that young adult couple that's hip and fresh and cool. And you've got one foot in the adult world and like, you're still cool to teenagers. And then you're, yeah, I was given a lecture at a college, which is another indicator of age. And I said <laughs> something and I grouped myself with the students. And I kid you not, I was at Cameron University in Oklahoma. And I said, you know, something, something, uh, when you're something like us and a student in the front row, not even like Joey in the back with his hood on sleeping in the front row is just like, um, you're not one of us. Oh. You're old. 
At least, at least that in yellow. Okay, boomer. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm a millennial. Dang it. I'm. I still have that going for me. Oh, I tell you, Joe. Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find your show, where they can learn more about Project Twenty One, the whole deal. Yeah, so uh, the show is The Joe Mobley Show. If you type Joe Mobley into Google, I'm actually that Joe Mobley at this point. So uh, we're really pushing podcasts. So open up your podcast app, search for Joe Mobley, and I will show up. It'll look like this. I'll be wearing my MAGA hat, this guy. So um, (laughs) if you see that, you're in the right place. You can catch up with the National Center and uh, Project 21 at nationalcenter.org. Click on the Project 21 link, guys, and download the Blueprint for a Better Deal for Black America. You will be glad that you did. Yes, you absolutely will. Uh, That site's amazing. Your show is amazing. I got to be on your show. Um, I love, I'm saying it again, I love talking to you. I I hope we get to do this again soon, making sure my producer hears that. I want this to happen again many times over. And uh, I thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks, Elsa. It's a pleasure. Outstanding. All right, guys, this has been the Elsa Kurt Show. That was Joe Mobley. Go check him out. Go check out Project 21. We will see you in the next episode. What is wrong with you? Sorry, I thought I canceled this subscription and I still have it. And now it's messed up my bank account. I really need to figure out how to handle my finances better. Yeah, no, I used to have the same problem. I just use hiatus. Hiatus? What is that? It's super easy. I'll explain it to you. Just no more of those weird growly sounds, please. Download the app. You'll be able to see all your subscriptions and cancel the ones that you don't need or want. See which of your monthly bills are negotiable and hiatus will negotiate for you. And you'll be able to set up a custom budget. See how easy it is? That sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm definitely going to download hiatus.